today on It's Time. God's love for us, He desires to see that transmuted through people around us. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike. What does that tell you when you see the word in? Conditional. In other words, there is only one thing that I need to do, and I need to enact faith to ask God to forgive me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The past doesn't matter anymore. Isn't that great news? That's one of the great things God does. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's one of the great problems with Norman Greenbaum's spirit in the sky. Never been a sinner. I never sin. I got a friend in Jesus. I wish Norman would have read a little closer. If we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, and we make him a liar. Chapter 2, again, remember that the divisions of the book were put in there by uh, the people who translated the Bible so we could find our favorite verse and, and chapter. But if we read it together, this is the way it works. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you. Here's the second reason why this book was written, that you might not sin. And if we, if anyone sins, we have an advocate. We have a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now it says, my little children. Wow. Have you been around, well, you all were children once. Did you do anything stupid when you were a kid? Do you remember that? I do. In fact, it's really interesting. What do kids do? Anything sometimes that pops into their head. Whether they're going to redecorate your home with a indelible felt tip marker. Or they're going to flood the bathroom so they could float their ducks. But kids do dumb things. Now, I, I'm only saying that in this regard. John addresses Jesus' kids as my little children. Which tells me we're going to do dumb things. I remember years ago before I had kids, somebody asked me if I had kids, and I said, no, I don't have any kids. And then they said to me, who breaks all your stuff? Well, I have found they're good at doing that. That doesn't mean they're bad. But that does mean we do foolish things. When a fellow's 
child does something dumb, from a parental perspective, it's kind of normal. You know, I have two kids, and my little boy likes to poke at my little girl. Until, almost like out of the Christmas story, when Ralphie beats up the bully, if you remember that scene, and his little brother's under the kitchen sink, and he's under there crying, and she goes, why don't you come out of there? Daddy's going to kill Ralphie, because he beat up the bully. My little daughter had all she could take from her little brother, and so I walk in the kitchen, and she's got him by the neck, swinging him around on the floor. She's just going around in circles. And I went, what are you doing? And my little children, why do I say that? We're forgiven in Jesus Christ. Don't expect more from your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus than you would from yourself. You say, Mike, would you reiterate that so I could understand it more clearly and properly? We're all bozos on this bus. Yes, we all sin, come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The condition is if we confess our sins. That is the condition, if. Are you willing to do that? If you're willing to confess your sins, you're admitting that you have your sins. And if you have your sins, they can be forgiven and we can Reset. We can start over again. So important. Why? Because we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. God allowed Jesus to be our advocate, our attorney, our lawyer, to plead our case to forgive our sins. And he himself is the propitiation or the continuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Never forget that. Don't expect a lot of high performance from your brothers and sisters in Christ because we're all sinners saved by grace. This is why it's really important that we keep Jesus as the focus. I'm always troubled when I hear people identify with anything other than Christ. Oh, I'm an Arminianist, or I'm a Calvinist, or I'm a Houtendui. You better be identifying with Christ, not with a man or an individual or, or an organization. Jesus is the one that died for your sins. He's the one that's the focus point of your life. And so it's by him are we made whole. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Does that sound conditional to you at all? It is. We know him if we keep his commandments. Notice it does not say if we keep the Ten Commandments. It says if we keep his commandments. Well, what are Jesus' commandments? Boy, he made it simple. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, 
And then Jesus said something more than they had asked. And the second is likened unto it. Love your brothers and sisters as well. Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said something that knocks the wheel off of every person that tries to drag the church back under the Ten Commandments again. He said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that the Old Testament was about was to get us back to that father-child relationship where we love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit and love the people around us. That's the commandments of Christ. I like it. Don't you, aren't you glad that God didn't make it hard? <laughs> and I do. How far can I travel from my house on the Sabbath before I am in violation of some kind of a law? Well, that's what they were all about. That's what the whole Old Testament was about. That's what the Sadducees and the Pharisees were always trying to figure out. How far could you go without actually sinning? Well, Jesus said, that ain't the way it is. It goes back to that father-child relationship. Love God. And love your fellow man. Now he says, we know him, and we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Wow, that's pretty serious stuff. So if you say you are a Christian and you love God, but yet you don't honor God in what you're doing. And, and you know something, how do we honor God in what we're doing? God's our daddy. He takes care of us. Uh, what does daddy say? Well, we know what daddy says. We, we want to do and We want to uh, don't do things that God has told us not to do. Why? Because it hurts us. He says, he who doesn't keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in it. Boy, that's a pretty serious statement. What does God want from us then? To love each other and to love him. You see, how can I say I really love God? Where the Bible, it says Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the provider of everything we need. So how can I say I love God if I'm stealing? Because I'm really saying, no, God, I really don't trust you. I really don't love you. Because even though your word says you're going to take care of me, I'm going to go do what I got to do to make it work. You're not loving God. How can I say I'm loving my fellow man if I'm cutting them down behind their back? How can I say I love my fellow man if, if I'm, I'm stealing from him? How can I say I love my fellow man if I'm, if I'm uh, uh, covetous of what do they have? So he says, I know him and does not keep his commandments as a liar. But whoever keeps his word... Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. He who says, and by the way, you have this dichotomy, you have this, this answer of truth, and then, and then the, it's springboarded by, if we say we love him, but we don't do this. So you find this volleyballing back and forth. It says, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. There's an old song we used to sing in Sunday school. If you're saved, then you know it. Then your life will surely show it. What's well, true? You see, because it's reflective of the way you live your life. 
You want to know why things don't go well in our lives as Christians? I think a lot of times, friends, it can be because of sin. Yes, it can be attack of the enemy, but you know, if we're obviously doing something that the Bible says don't do, and we can't figure out why we can't make anything work, why we can't pay our bills, why we can't do all these things, I would really say, hey, examine your life and see, have you come under the lordship of Jesus Christ? Is he really your Lord? Or you're saying, well, Lord, you know, I know you're Lord, but I got to fudge here a little bit to make it work. Well, if you got to do that, then God truly isn't Lord. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. The word he there is speaking of Jesus Christ. I, I like that. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. In other words, it's not a new commandment. It's just the old one. Jesus says, love God, love your fellow man. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Have you noticed that when you accept Christ as your Savior, that, that God begins to work in your life? I remember Leo Giovanetti. Many of you know who he is. He uh, co-hosts Every Man and Answer with me on, usually on Mondays and, and Wednesdays. But he said, you know, when I accepted the Lord, I was so happy inside, I went home and smoked a joint. You know, he said, I really think about that now and I look and see how far God has brought me out of darkness. We have such a strange perception sometimes of what it is. But God in his love. Now remember, every one of us, I think the day we're saved, have you ever gone through a construction zone, the barrel racers? Funny story, true story. Years ago, back when the earth was cooling, and they were remodeling Blue Lakes Boulevard, downtown Twin Falls, there were barrels. I don't know if you, if anybody's been here like 20 years ago, they had the barrels. And there was actually, because it took them so long to work on it, they actually had bumper stickers, Blue Lakes Barrel Racer. And you'd put them on your car because there was just, the whole Blue Lakes was nothing but barrels. And a funny thing my friend did, we're driving down and he goes, watch this. And so the barrels are there and he drives outside on one barrel and he goes around and he comes back around and goes. And I said, what'd you do that for? And he goes, look in the review mirror. Every single car behind us went around the barrel the same way. And I thought, that's amazing. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but I just thought it was a neat story. But, but no, the point is, we can be followers. Does the person that you're following know where they're going or for what reason they're doing that? Again, God's love for us, he desires to see that transmuted through people around us. In other words, God loves me so I can love them. I cannot love people in my own self. I can't do it. But with God's love, realizing how much he's forgiven me for, there in turn, I can do this. And so he says, 
again, a new commandment. It's not really a new one as much as it is just a fulfilled one from that Jesus did that because the darkness is passing away, the true light is already shining. Again, friends, when we become a Christian, God begins to refine us. And with that story about the barrels, I remember that almost on every intersection going into Blue Lakes, it said under construction. And I was thinking, you know, that's really kind of what we need around our necks as Christians. The day we accept Jesus as our Savior, we need to have a heavenly sign hung around our necks that say under construction. Don't expect too much of the road to be right right now. God is refining us. And again, he's began his work. The old things are passing away, as it says here in verse 8. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. There's, there's no advancement. You're not, you're not refining. You're not, you're not getting better, is what he's saying. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. He's saying it's not only, you're not only blinded because of that, but you don't even know where you're going. Pretty serious. So what's the conclusion? I write to you, little children, again, little children, we're, we're, we're kids, man. Because your sins are forgiven, you, for his name's sake. Remember that. Remember that. New beginning in Christ. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning, and I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. You see, we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Remember that. Every day is new with God. The past is over. It's not going to hurt you anymore. And again, where he says that... All things pass away and all things become new. Remember, let God reside in you and remember who you are in him. Don't forget who you are. That's all the devil needs to do is convince you that he's, you've forgotten who you are and then he can have his way with you. Always remember, keeping Jesus first. This morning is communion. And as we have communion this morning, it's the only physical thing that Jesus gave us to remember him by. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, it is a meaningless sacrament to you. Because you've not really accepted what Jesus Christ has done for you. The cup that you would hold in your hand that represents his blood, if you've never applied it to your heart, means nothing. His broken body, which was broken for you so you could be healed, means nothing because you've never accepted him. But once you accept Christ... All of a sudden now, as it says in Corinthians 11, by this very means, you can be healed. And those that don't understand what this is, he says, many are sick and dead among you. Why? Because you didn't understand what this was about. 
The Corinthian church was coming together. They were having a drunken party. They had communion, but they hadn't a clue what they were doing. Paul says, this reason many are sick and dead among you. What a tragedy. Here was the medicinal uh, healing for them, but because they didn't understand what it was, they missed the spiritual, the physical, the spiritual, emotional blessing that God offers. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we're going to pray. And you can ask Christ into your life. You can ask God to come alive inside of you to illuminate your life. And as God does that, and he begins to bring these things out of our lives. I heard it said one time, it's like, it's like um, Jesus knocks on the door of our heart. In fact, the Bible says that any man will open the door. So I, I, I think not only is it addressed to the church, but I think it's to anyone. It says, if any man, and I, I looked at it in the Greek, it, it means any man. <laughs> If any man will ask him in, he will come in, sit down, sup with him, he with me. In other words, we're going to break bread together. That's what God wants to do. And I, I know that, that God, when we invite him into our life, God comes in and then he starts going through our house. You ever notice that? But there are some closet doors you don't want your friends to open. Like where you put everything last night in. You open the door. Well, I think that's the way it is. God comes in our life. He cleans us up. And then God goes down the hallway and says, uh, what's in this closet? Oh, don't open that one, Jesus. <laughs> don't open that one. Got some stuff in there. God says, but that's the one I want. And God opens the door. And here it all comes down like a giant avalanche. God says, you know, you don't need this stuff anymore. This is that, that refining that God does. God doesn't take every sin out of our life immediately, and this is not an excuse to stay in sin. But the thing is, is that I think if God took everything out of us, we, it, it'd kill us. <laughs> but I do believe we pass from death unto life. That light comes on, God starts cleaning closets, brings his Holy Ghost dump truck up to the front door, and the Holy Ghost starts pitching the stuff out. And as it's being pitched out, we go, but, 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 I want that. God says, you don't need that. But, 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 I like that. God says, the bong gots to go. But, but I, I like that. I, I'm not smoking dope, but, I, you know, just in case I go on a backslide, I, I still got the stuff. God says, get rid of it. And he pitches this stuff out. He cleans us out. The dump truck drives away. Then God brings his new moving van in, and here's all this brand new stuff he puts in. He, put in. he puts in new friends. He puts in new ideas. He puts in new habits. He puts in all that. Old stuff is gone. That's what God does. This morning, if you've never received Christ, if you've never gave God permission to clean out your house, and I'm talking about your heart, you pray right now, and God will do what you ask. It's immediate. It's eternal. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I realize I'm a sinner in God that I've left you out of my decisions of my life. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you to make me the best I can be for you. Write my name now in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. And fill me, empower me with your Holy Spirit. 
that I'll have boldness to stand for you in the things that are right. And thank you for everlasting life with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.